Welcome to the Life Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Charlevoix, and it's my mission to help leaders just like you master their mental health and relationships. In this podcast, you will learn exactly how to influence your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors while resolving even the most difficult challenges that you face in all of your relationships. I'll be dropping an episode every single week to show you exactly how to create life on your terms. Let's begin. What is going on guys? Welcome to the second episode ever of Life Unfiltered. Today's gonna be a really interesting episode and honestly probably one of my favorite episodes ever because I'm gonna go down into explaining mental health in a way that you guys may have not ever have heard before and it's one of my favorite subjects because when I hit high school, I was so confused as to why everyone would say that they're depressed or anxious or whatever it may be, bipolar, all these different titles. And I was just confused because by the looks of them, I was like, it doesn't look like you are. So I wanted to find answers and I wasn't honestly personally willing to settle for just what everyone else was saying. It was driving me crazy. And so I was hungry to find answers because even myself at time in my life, uh, pardon me, even myself at times in my life, there would be times when I'd feel upset and depressed. I didn't want to get out of bed or I was so lethargic that I felt like there was something in my brain that I literally did, didn't care about anything. There's times in my life where I was anxious beyond like means and I couldn't get off the toilet or I couldn't put anything down. You know, I couldn't stop shaking or I couldn't even breathe. There was times when I felt that crazy. And so I had to find some answers because for me, I was able to get through those things and I didn't ever think I was anything special and I'm not. I am nobody special except for a kid who wanted to find some fucking answers. And in my experience, I have found a few answers. So that's what this podcast is about. Life Unfiltered is about getting to the real truth about how we, uh, why we behave the way we behave. How can you change that behavior fast? I mean, if it's going to happen eventually where you feel better emotionally, spiritually, physically, or, you know, anything of that nature... Why can't we find that moment quicker? What What is the tipping point that makes us get to that moment? Because if it's going to change anyway, it's like when someone says, you know, um, you know, it took me 10 years to quit smoking. Well, I want to know what's the moment you quit? Because if we can bring that moment now, we don't need to wait the 10 years. Because what they're really saying is it took 10 years to get to the moment where everything changed. So I became obsessed with wanting to find the answers to how do people change? Uh, how do these emotions work? And why do people say that they have this you know, emotion that won't go away. And yet I felt super depressed. I've had suicidal thoughts. I wanted to, you know, take my own life before none of that happened. And how is it that some people say this for a long time and they're smiling and they're having a great time? I was so confused. So this podcast is really about finding the answers and talking about the unfiltered truth. Okay. So that's what Life Unfiltered is about. And this uh, this episode is specifically going to be talking about state management. Now, if you're not familiar with that language, what state management means is basically another word for your emotions, the mental and physical state that you're in at that time that is producing the emotions that you're feeling moment to moment. Does that make sense? So in order to understand how we feel, I wanted to first give you guys a couple of examples of people who we all know, well, two of them we at least know, one of them might be a little bit unfamiliar, but I'm going to explain their stories. And I want to give you guys real examples of how you can go from situations that seem like like you might as well take your life, but people actually didn't do it. These are real stories that I've seen case study after case study after case study. And these are real life examples of people who we should be admiring and respecting in our culture and society, but they're not talked about enough. You know, nowadays we live in a culture or a society where, especially if you're listening to this in the Western world, where if somebody didn't, you know, look at you the right way, or if someone didn't, you know, respect your feelings in a certain way or say the thing the right way, or they didn't do something specific for you, or they didn't hop to every demand we have, we 
say that we get triggered. Okay, well, you know, back in the day, triggered means you were shot in war. So what does this actually mean? Okay, we're being raised in a society, in a culture nowadays, or in an era, a time in history, whatever the fuck you want to call it, where we are weak. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I don't mean that in a condescending way. I mean it in a way where we sincerely have lost perspective of how life really is, how it could be, and how we actually have it. You know, I've been through situations where I'll talk about another time where, um, you know, 18 years old, I get the my first love of my life pregnant, and now we have to figure out what to do. And long story super short, I'll explain this in another video. Um, we decided mutually to abort it. We were only 18. We were confused. We were, you know, confused beyond belief. We were upset. We didn't know what to do. We didn't want to tell our parents. Like, it was a terrifying moment. And so when people have tremendous uncertainty, they do things that typically they wouldn't do otherwise because we're in a state of survival. So we decided to abort. Long story short, she lied to me about that because she didn't want me to go to the, the place with her to have it done. Um, so I didn't. And then that's what happened. She lied about it. And then uh, a few weeks later, she was quote unquote pregnant again which was actually just the same pregnancy, and then we lost it. So I've been through that stuff. I've been through panic attacks. I've been to the, you know, where I feel like the night's never going to end. I feel like I've had my uh, my life ripped out of my body before. I've felt these things before, and I've figured out how to get through them. But more importantly than my experience, I want to I want to tell you a couple of quick stories of people who've done this themselves. So let's just hop right into it, because I want to give you tangible examples of people who've gone through the unspeakable and they have the better, you know, the most the most amazing life that anyone could ever dream of, beyond what anyone could ever expect them to do. So I take a sip of water here, and I'm gonna explain three stories real quick. So stay with me, because if you guys have ever felt any of these emotions, you know, depressed, uh, suicidal, anxious, any of these crazy things where you felt like the night the night might not end, this is the kind of shit you want to listen to. Okay. So first one, real quick, there was a man named W. Mitchell, a long time ago, you can look this up. This was a man who was going super fast on the highway on his motorcycle, and just for a moment, something on the side caught his attention, and you ever notice how sometimes just you're looking at something a little too long, right? It just catches your attention and you don't even realize it. He did that, and then as he turned his head back forward, there was a transport truck stopped on the highway that had slowed down to a full halt. He didn't even notice it, and, you know, I think it was like 50 meters, 50 meters before hitting it, he bailed on his bike because he had no time to slow down, and as he was gliding on the pavement on his, um on his jeans, the jeans ripped, he started to get slashes all up his, all up his legs, all up his body, all of himself was scratched to shit, completely slashed up. His motorbike, uh, the cap popped off, the, the gas cap popped off. It ignited in the friction on the pavement and it exploded against the truck and W. Mitchell exploded in there with it. The next thing he realized, he's waking up in a hospital with more than third degree burns. He can barely tell his face. Everything is just completely, basically melted. And his family is coming in and like, oh my God, oh my God, they, they must just, he, he must just be on drugs. That he, you know, he's so happy and like uplifted and stuff. His family genuinely thought he was on drugs because he, oh, he must just not realize how bad it is. He's not in the mental state. But they later found out that W. Mitchell couldn't even go on these drugs because his body was in such bad condition that they couldn't put any drugs or any morphine into him. So this man was maintaining a beautiful state in the midst of that. And that is not where the story ends, my friends. That's where it begins. Next thing, what happens? Well, he's taking helicopter lessons and flying lessons. Or pardon me, not helicopter. That was my bad. Flying lessons. 
and he got into a plane crash. Not when it was up in the air and it came down. It never made it off the ground. They were just getting up to speed and it started to hit the ground and it completely exploded and nobody walked out. Nobody walked away. But he thankfully survived and now he's in a wheelchair for life as a quadriplegic. But you would think like at this point, oh my God, you're, you're melted completely. Your skin is gone. It's hard to even tell who you are. You are now quadriplegic. You might as well take your life, right? No. In fact, he actually couldn't use his fingers anymore. Sorry, paraplegic. I apologize. Paraplegic. He couldn't use his fingers anymore. So what they, uh, what the doctors did was they took off his toes and they sewed it onto his hand. So he actually had something to, to write with, had something to, to hold shit with. So you would think, oh my God, this guy's melted. He's now a cripple. You know, in most people's eyes, he has toes for fingers. And his wife, by the way, left him because she's like, I can't deal with this. I can't be with someone who looks like this, has this kind of life. Like, I need, I, I deserve better than this. But still didn't freaking stop the man. He decided then, I don't remember, you guys are going to have to look this up. I don't have this fact, but he's a governor now. In one of the states, um, I believe it was in California, but I can't remember. He was in one of the states of the U.S. And he ran for government. He, he was running for governor on real actual issues. And he was going to each house in that neighborhood to talk about real issues. And he, wore, he even wore a tag on his shirt that said, send me to the governor's office and I won't just be another pretty face. Like, how is that for maintaining a beautiful state and humor in order to actually run on real issues that you care about and not guilt tripping people into how you're looking so that they vote for you and all this stuff. But he ended up remarrying, getting into government, and all those different things happened. It is unbelievable what you can do when you actually learn how to maintain your emotional state and how to do that specifically. I'm going to talk to you guys at the very end of this, but I have two more quick stories I want to tell you. I'm going by them quick because I want to make sure that you really hear these, okay? Next one, not going to tell you the name of this person because I guarantee as I start telling you, you will know exactly who this fucking is. All right. Her mother, 13 years old, gets pregnant. Okay. A little girl gets pregnant and has a child. And when she had this child, she gave this child most of the time to her mom, which is now this child's grandmother. Right. And because her grandmother had, you know, a lot of challenges of her own and she was always so busy she neglected to notice that this little girl, this baby, was being um, sexually abused by both family and friends all the way up until 13 when, yes, she got pregnant just like her mother. She followed exactly in her mother's footsteps. So a baby being abused, what would you think, you know, a baby, a child, a little girl being abused, what would you think is the, the you know, the promising future of this child? Not very wouldn't say very promising, but just like her mother got pregnant again at 13 and had an, no, not had an abortion. She had a miscarriage. So this woman had a miscarriage at 13 years old after being sexually and mentally abused by both family and friends for 13 straight years. What would that do to an adult mother, let alone a child, right? So then what happens? She goes crazy as a result of all this and they put her into a mental institution, but fortunately they couldn't hold her in there for more than a couple of nights because there wasn't enough beds. So there was actually a man who claimed to be her father who uh, picked her up from this mental institution who she'd never met before. And now, yes, I'm sure you've guessed it. This is the woman we know as Oprah fucking Winfrey. I don't believe that's her middle name, but she's fucking awesome. So I'm adding it in there. The fact that these people had been through you know, um, a motorcycle accident, you are fried to the point where no one can even tell who you are. You can't even put drugs, let alone Tylenol into your body because you're in that bad of condition. And then you become a paraplegic 
because you had a uh, plane accident. Now you have no fingers, so they sew thumb, they sew your toes on your hands, so you have something to grab with. And then you're so selfless and care about others enough that you get outside your own physical pain and your own uh, outside your own emotional story of like, oh, all this stuff was done to me. And she, he stepped up and became governor on real issues of the town he was in. The unbelievable fucking courage and strength that that would take to actually complete, and he did it, and he's still going. And then Oprah, that was the, that was the woman I just told you about. Isn't that unfucking believable? So we walk around because you know someone said something to us, someone did something to us. We think we have a chemical imbalance. We think all these challenges. When in reality, we've not, we've just never been taught to how to deal with our own fucking emotions, guys. These things come up, and we can deal with them. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you a sneak peek for our next uh, our next podcast episode. We get addicted to our pain. We get addicted to feeling like we're hurt, like we're a victim. And I'm not being condescending. I've been in this position too, but when I learned this, I decided I wanted something better for my life and the people around me. Just like these two examples. But let me give you another one, okay? One more. And this one is not an example. This one is a warning, okay? I'm not going to tell you the name. This person decides to go to Hollywood and decides to become a comedian. Oh my God, you guessed it. I guarantee you already guessed who this is. You already know exactly who's coming. This was a few years ago, right? But he decides, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to make it in TV. And he did it. And he says, you know what? I'm not only going to make it in TV. I'm going to have the number one show. And he did it. What was it called? For those of you who remember the man I'm talking about, Mark and Mindy, right? Then what does he do? He's like, you know what? I want to make it into movies. And then he did and he said, I want to have the number one movie. And he did. He got an Academy Award for it. Then he said, you know, I want to get an Academy Award for not being funny. His primary thing. His primary thing. And he did it. Then he said, I want to make more money than I can ever spend in my entire life. And he did it. Then he said, I want to make the entire world laugh. The entire world laugh. Through stand-up comedy, through, you know, through shows, through movies, through everything I could possibly do. And he did it. Then he said, I want to make the most beautiful family ever. And he did it. He had a wife and kids. Then he hung himself in his own fucking home, leaving his lifeless body hanging there for his wife and kids to come home and see. Because he made everybody happy except for whom? Himself. And so if there's any lesson here, you might be going, okay, Tyler, what's the point? You told me, you know, two people who went through massive fucking trauma and somebody else who killed themselves. Yes, I'm telling you because the only difference between these human beings is what they decided to focus on the meanings of these events in their life and what they decided to do to deal with that shit. Guys, emotion comes from meaning. You can't feel anything until you attach a meaning to what the fuck is going on. I'll give you a very, very, very simple example that every one of us can relate to, okay? Have you ever walked into a room or an environment, a group of people, some kind of setting, and you're just, hmm, I don't really know how to feel yet. Just kind of like vibing it out, right? And it's like, I don't really know. It's kind of weird. And there's a moment where you feel something. There's a moment where it's like, ah, I'm uncomfortable. I, I got to go. Or, oh, this is fucking, this is right where I got to be. This is exciting. Or, oh my God, I got to go talk to that person. There's a moment where you start to feel something. That moment was when you attached a meaning to it. Now, you might have been feeling sensation. Just kind of these odd feelings in your body. You're not really sure what to make of it yet. But sensation is different than emotion. You can feel sensations, but until you label it, until you give it the meaning you don't actually have any emotion. And emotions 
is what determines that third question that I just told you. Of what are you going to do? Now, in W. Mitchell's case, he obviously attached, I don't know what the meanings were specifically, but he attached some damn fucking empowering meanings for the fact that he was caught on fire, turned into a cripple, his wife left him, he ran for governor, and he still lived the most amazing life he could. What did Oprah do? Same thing in a very different context. Abused her whole fucking life, her whole childhood life. Oh, by the way, which we didn't even mention the fact that she tried to make it in TV in the time in America when African Americans were not looked at very well, especially women, and she still fucking became Oprah Winfrey. So she obviously attached a very emp empowering meanings to all the things that happened in her life and decided, I'm a fucking tower of power. I'm never going to let this fucking shit happen to me again or anybody else. Hence why she has a talk show and millions and millions and millions of women look up to her around the world, including men, because I do too. So the meanings that they attached to these events controlled everything in their life. Every emotion, every feeling, and lastly, every behavior they did, which in Robin Williams' case was take his life. Now, some people say, well, yeah, Tyler, he was on drugs and he had all these problems. And yes, what happens? And let's get right into it. What happens when we feel out of control in our life at a massive, massive, massive fucking scale? What do we do? We drink, we do drugs, we have sex, we have affairs, we abuse our body, we focus on things that don't fucking matter, we distract ourselves with other problems, don't we? Now, here's the common denominator here. Sip of water. Common denominator here is that there's only three ways to change how you feel. And every fucking one of you listening to this can do it not only right now, but in any moment of your fucking life. Yes, even right now if you're listening to this and you're like, Tyler, I'm depressed shit. I don't know what the fuck to do. I'm even on medication. I have anxiety attacks. I don't know what the fuck to do. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm telling you, if you do this, you will change how you feel that fast. It will not take long. It takes the second you fucking do it. So let's talk about this. The first thing you do, again, let's use Robin William, for example. What did he do? The fact that he was not happy at all. He was miserable beyond belief. He took drugs. A lot of people have done something like this, right? He took drugs. What is that affecting? His biochemistry. The second you do something differently with your body, you will change what you're feeling in that moment. It does not take time. Do it right now. Have a good posture. Breathe deeply. I'm not going to give you a whole coaching session, but I want you to feel this. Breathe deeply. And even make an empowering move if you have to for a second. Just, yes! Yes! Now just, just feel that in your body for two seconds. Even just doing that one thing, my Instagram's looking at me, they probably think I look ridiculous, but if they do it, they'd realize it changes their biochemistry too. I feel empowered in that second, but if I just kind of drop my shoulders and I breathe a little faster, but more shallow, I can tell you right now, I'm already starting to feel a little worried and uncertain. It's weird. Now back to empowered. You can do that in two seconds, guys. This sounds like motivation and rah-rah, but if you fucking try it right now, you'll feel it. So you know I'm not bullshitting. But that's just your body. You can do that without the cigarette. Drop the fucking cigarette. You can do that without binge eating. Drop the fucking food. You can do that without, you know, doing drugs or cigarettes or food or, you know, jerking off. Or you can do that without anything like that that's not sustainable and is degrading to your health. You can do that without having sex with everybody. You can do that without anything like that that's going to degrade the quality of your life long term. Right? You can go work out. And you know what? Honestly, that's sustainable, but you can't do that all fucking day. So Tyler, what do you do then? Meditate? Well, you can't do that fucking all day either. What's the fucking answer? Change your body moment to moment. 
literally moment to moment. This is why when I teach my clients what to do, I never tell them to go to the gym. Absolutely do that. I do it every fucking day, but you can't just stay there all day and you're not going to you know, meditate all day and you're not going to do any of those things all day. So you have to find a sustainable answer. What is it? Change the way you're using your body right now. Change your posture, kind of just shake your body out. You literally feel different that fast. It doesn't take time. So we beat up on that a little bit. Let's go to the next one. I said there's three things. That was your body. You change the way you're breathing. You change the way you're using your muscles. You change the way you are pacing back and forth. You change um, you know, the muscles that they're up and down in your face. You change your physical posture. Are you laying down? Are you sitting up? What are you doing with your fucking body? Are you tense in your stomach? Are you relaxed? What are you doing with your body? I want, I want to make you so clear and sensory aware of all the different ways you can use your body. Because when I typically ask people, they're like, um... I'm sitting. Like, okay, well, that's a good start. Most people are not that aware, so I totally get it. Okay, how are you sitting? Where are your shoulders? Are they slumped or are they up? Where's your chest? Where's your breathing? Are you breathing from your throat? Are you breathing from your chest? You're breathing from your stomach. Where the fuck are you breathing? When you can start to see all these things, you're like, oh shit, when I'm anxious, I'm squeezing really fucking hard. And there's a reason for that that I'll tell you right now that I'm going to tell you more in depth in the next podcast. But the reason we squeeze together when we're anxious is because at some level, our brain is trying to get us to feel safe and pressure makes you feel safe. It's weird. But I'll tell you right now, there was a time when I was super anxious on my living room floor back in an old house I used to have um, when my girlfriend and I were breaking up a few years ago and I didn't want to get off the floor and I was tense as fuck. Why didn't I want to get off the floor? Because that tension in my body felt safe, even though it made no logical fucking sense. So tension in your body will make you feel certain and comfortable for a short time. This is also why we go to food, right? Because you just, um, you get all that food in your stomach, the blood rushes there, you start to breathe again. That might not be tension, but that level of like <sighs> deep diaphragmic breath makes you feel comfortable. So tension, breathing, uh, breathing deeply, those things will bring some comfort into your body. Thus you change how you feel in that moment. But we're doing it in, in ways that are super fucking unsustainable. So develop new habits of using your body, not just the gym, not just meditation. Those things are beautiful and definitely do them, but they're just not, you can't, just can't do them all fucking day. So what happens when you get triggered while you're at work or what, when you get triggered by what someone says, you know, we'll get into that other part in a moment, what you can do. But when you do go into uh, these other emotional states that are not helpful, it's not going to be, you're not just, gonna, okay, whoa, 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 I got to go meditate or, or I got to go to the gym. No, you have to do something right now to change your state. This is why when I'm coaching people in peak performance, I can't just be like, okay, well try these practices. No, I have to get you the results now or it doesn't even fucking matter. Like if I have someone who's burning out on the fucking football field, I can't just wait until tomorrow. I can't just tell them to, okay, well after the game, go home and do this. No, no, I have to change it now because if I don't, nothing else fucking matters. I have to show them how to change your state now. And you guys can literally do this too while you're driving in your car, while you're watching me on Instagram right there. If you guys are feeling crummy at any level or even depression at a level 10, change what you're doing with your body literally right now. You will feel differently right now. Now, there's two other parts. What you do with your focus. There are patterns of focus and most people don't even realize this. Are you, do you typically focus on the future, the present, or the past? Do you typically focus on what's in your control or what's out of your control? Do you tend to focus on what you have or what you don't have? These patterns, there's so, there's thousands of these patterns, but those ones alone will radically change the way you feel. And the reason is because 
The brain doesn't know the difference between what you vividly imagine in your head, what you picture, what you think about, what you remember, like what the images and the videos and the sounds and all that shit that you hold in your mind. It doesn't know the difference between what you vividly imagine and what's actually happening in your environment. Like, you don't need to do this, but if I told you to close your eyes right now or keep them open, whatever the fuck you want to do, and think of a time where someone broke your heart. Think of that time, that man, that woman who broke your fucking heart and ripped your heart out of your chest and stomped on it. Yeah, that was a great memory, wasn't it? Well, you're welcome. I just reassociated you to that. But I can think of like four of them off the top of my head. My point is, the brain didn't know the difference between the, you remembering that and it actually happening. So you, you thought of those things, you kind of heard what they said, you remember where you are, and you started to feel that way in your body. Even if it was just slightest, you started to change the way you felt because again, the brain does not know the difference between what you vividly imagine and what's actually happening. So are you focused on the past, present, or the future? What's in your control or what's out of your control? Are you focused on what you have or what you don't have? Now, if you're listening to this, most of you guys are achievers. Most of you are focused on the future. You know, some of you are focused on what you have, but mostly what you don't have. That way you can, you know, make something better. You can fill a need in your life, right? But if we're always focused on the future and what we don't have, and I'll, I'll say another one, you know, a lot of you are probably focused on what you are, what you're in control of. That way you can actually make, excuse me, make something happen to make the future better, right? But if you're always focused on the future and what's missing It's beautiful to like get some motivation to like get going and create a good life for yourself, but you're never going to ever be happy because you're never present in the moment with what you have, right? You're never present in the moment with what you have. You're in the future with what you don't have, which again, I wouldn't even be creating this podcast with you if I hadn't shifted my, uh, my focus to, you know, what do I want to build for the future and what do I not currently have? Well, I don't currently have a fucking podcast and I want to have one of the greatest podcasts in terms of mental health and relationships that ever podcasted the podcasted of the podcasts. You know what I mean? So you have to, to create something. But if you're with your family and you're chilling with your kids or your wife, your husband, whoever the fuck you're with, and you're focused on the future and what you don't have, you're not going to be happy or fulfilled in that moment no matter what happens. Classic case, Robin Williams. Continuously focused on the future, making things better on what I don't have, hence the level of achievement in the man. But he also took his own life. So we need to understand that we can change how we feel, but we need to notice the patterns that create our emotions. So I've only told you two parts so far. I told you what we do with our body and what most people do to change how they're feeling in their body and what you can do in a moment. I told you your focus and the patterns of focus that start to create different sensations in our body. There's one other thing. I'm going to describe this to you in vivid detail, but I'll start by saying this. The words you attach to your experience become your experience biochemically. Let me tell you this, okay? I'm going to read one of the names on Instagram. That way this can make sense, okay? Let's go Sarah or Lydia, all right? Lydia or Sarah, right? If I were to say... You know, oh Lydia, Sarah, you 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 just you were you're just mistaken. How do you feel? Kind of kind of just iffy. It's like whatever. But if I say Lydia or Sarah, you're wrong. Oof, it's kind of that kind of burns a little bit. But what if I say Lydia or Sarah, you're lying. Fuck you, I'm li-, right. So it, one word shift changed the whole entire thing. The words you attach to the experience become your experience biochemically. So it's like if you're, um, you're on the, sitting on the edge of a cliff and you're watching the water 
and you're feeling the, the, the breeze against your skin, maybe you're watching the sunset, you're having an experience. There's no emotion, but you're having an experience. Hmm. Hmm. You know, you're just enjoying it or whatever's happening. And there's a moment when words come into it as you see like a seagull or a hawk go pick up a fish out of the water maybe. So you say, oh, that's horrible. That's going to change your experience. Or you go, wow, that's God. Or that's life. Or isn't that beautiful? Right? The words you attach to that become your experience. I, the amount of clients I have who they come home and they had kind of a like just kind of an annoying day. That's really all it deserved to have is that word annoyed attached to it. But they go up to their spouse and their spouse is like, baby, how was your day? And purely just because they want to connect with them, they want their, their partner to be there for them and lift them up. We do it by exaggerating it, don't we? We go, oh, babe, this, today was fucking bullshit when it was kind of annoying. But now that you attach that intensity of language and that way of using your body when you described it, you're going to feel like shit. You're going to feel like it was a horrible fucking day. So when you change your body and you change your focus and you change the words you're using, another word for the words you're using is the meaning you're attaching to things. Okay. The story of what's happening in that moment. Those all mean the same thing. Your language, your words, the meaning, the story, those are all just what you say to yourself. Okay. If you change your body, your focus and the words you're using, you will change the emotion that fast. I'll give an example. If behind wall number one over here, right? If behind wall number one over here, I said there's a depressed person behind this wall and for $100,000 to your favorite charity or whatever the fuck you want to spend it on, I will give you that money if you can describe this person in full detail, okay? Ready? They're depressed. Where are their shoulders? Are they slumped or are they straight up and are they pulled back? Slumped. Where's their face? Is it up and like, you know, excited or is it down? And that one kind of give it away. But of course, it's down, and it's down and slumped or down and slack, right? Where's the breathing? Is it full or is it shallow? Shallow, right? Now, how do you know this? Because we've all practiced this shit before. The problem is that so many of us get reinforced for these things. And I'll tell you this. The only behaviors and emotions that continue ever in your life is what you're being reinforced for. There is nothing that happens again and again and again and again and again in this lifetime if you're not being reinforced for it. Have you ever noticed how some people are just always fucking pissed off no matter what happens and then they'll blame it on you or maybe it's you and you blame it on them or they blame it on what happened at work or their kids or their spouse or their money or whatever, but they're always fucking angry like all the fucking time and it's never about the same thing. It's always this or that or that, but they're always fucking angry. Have you noticed that? Let me know in the comments below Instagram or if you're on the podcast. Just think about that, right? Or have you ever met someone who's always fucking worried? Like, what? And you're like, why are you still fucking worried? And then you start to notice, oh, they're just going to be... You ever notice how you can predict people's emotions around you by, you know, you have something to tell them and you're like, oh, well, might as well not even tell them. They're going to fucking be worried. They're going to be mad. No matter what I do. We know those people. How can you predict their emotions? Because they have what I call an emotional home. It's got nothing to do with their biochemistry. It's got nothing to do with their fucking trauma. That's why I started off with the stories I did in this in this podcast here. It's got nothing to do with anything like that. Their genetics, nothing to do with it. Sure, all these things might play a little part, but no matter what your trauma was, no matter what your biochemistry does, we all have these patterns. And if you use these different patterns, you're going to feel differently. That's just how the nervous system operates. And so what's your emotional home? 
mine is passion, mine is intensity, mine's curiosity and like love and several of those, but mine mainly curiosity, intensity, and, and passion are my three most like uh, relevant or common homes. And why is that person who you find is always angry or always worried or always depressed or always anxious or always this or always that, why is that person always feeling that emotion? They have, they definitely have abilities to go into the other ones and they definitely do, but they always return to these emotions. Why? Because whatever you get re, uh, rewarded for, you will continue to do. Anything that is rewarded, you will continue no matter what. So if we want to learn how to change our emotions, we need to decide, number one, to raise our fucking standards. We need to raise our standards of what we are going to hold for ourselves and say, okay, this is my standard. If I get pissed off, if I get upset, if I get depressed, if I get anxious, if I get whatever the fuck it is, I'm going to snap out of it because I know how that Tyler fucker told me on that podcast that day, change what I'm doing with my body radically, by the way, not subtly. I didn't mention that part. Change it radically. When I said like, when I told you I didn't made that big gesture, like <sighs> I'm changing my body hard. And if you're watching me on Instagram right now, you're seeing I slapped my chest. I made a big ass fist and just breathed out hard. <sighs> That's it. And I feel super empowered in that moment. It's not motivation. You're changing your biochemistry. So what you need to do is kill the monster while it's little, not while it's ruining your whole fucking relationship or your business. Because the only reason that people don't change is because they don't have a big enough reason to do it. This is why you have to raise your standard and say, I'm no longer willing to settle for any, anything less that I can be, do, deserve, give, experience. You have to raise your fucking standards. And when you do, you can interrupt these patterns so quickly. And the beautiful thing is you can interrupt other people's patterns too and learn how to influence them for the better. Because I'm telling you, you are not defined by your trauma. You're not defined by your biochemistry. You're not defined by your race or your gender or anything like that. You guys literally, without motivating you and all the rah, rah, I'm a strategist. I'm not about motivating or being positive. You guys literally have all the control right here. And I say it one more time. By the way that you use your body, physically, the, the facial expressions, how fast you move, the tension in your body, the way you breathe, all those different things, the way you use your focus. Are you focused on the goddamn problem and are you addicted to it? Or are you focused on the solution because you're tired of all the problems? Where's your focus? That'll change how you feel immediately. And thirdly, what is the language you are using? Oh, fuck. That was, God damn it. Why do I have to fucking do this? Tyler, like, how could you fuck up again? Why would he like you? Why would she like you? Of course they wouldn't like you. Of course they don't want to buy your coaching, man. For fuck's sakes. Of course they're going to do... Like, what kind of language are you using? If you're using shit like that, you're going to feel like crap. And here's the thing. Most of you are beating yourselves up because you're so used to, like, you want to be achieving and you're thinking that, how, you know, beating yourself up is going to help you to achieve. But how well is that working? Not. That's how fucking well it's working. So change these three things, raise your fucking standards, and I promise you, your whole life will change that fast. W. Mitchell did it. Oprah Winfrey did it. The people I idolized did it, and I'm sure you could find some role models of yourself. Maybe I'm one of them. Maybe I'm not. Maybe it's somebody else, but I promise you, there's countless people around you. Find some better role models and model what the fuck they're doing. I guarantee you will find that these three things are wrapped up into that package. My friends, I will talk to you guys in the next episode. I'm so fucking excited for you guys to be here, and let's fucking do it. Take radical control of your emotional experience, and I'm out. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Life Unfiltered podcast. If you got value from today's episode and you want the chance to win a free entire month coaching with myself, screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram at the Why Guy Time. 
Once I see it, you will be automatically entered to win a full month free coaching with myself. Until then, live strong and live with passion.